Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fueled by Growth, the podcast for purpose-driven female entrepreneurs. In today's episode, we have Brooke Bailey. She's a transformational coach that supports female business owners to transform their lives and businesses by having clear goals and a balanced lifestyle by bringing a holistic approach to their well-being. Thanks for joining us today. It's a pleasure to have you on board and to and to discuss such an important topic about how to keep a healthy lifestyle while growing a business. And I'm, I'm very excited to have you here. Um, to start, I'd like to start discussing more about your background and how did you move out of a corporate job and starting your business? Okay, sure. Yeah, great. Well, thanks for having me also. And I really moved more from a um, an entrepreneurial space than a corporate space. I did work in corporate when I graduated from um, college, my undergraduate degree, and then also uh most of my business or most of my work experience after that was in small businesses uh, or family business. So I transitioned from working for a family business where I burnt myself out um, to starting my own um, my own company and trying to cultivate a, a balanced lifestyle in the way that I was working. And so that's kind of how I got into all of this uh, in terms of coaching and bringing in my business background and merging that with uh, some deep study in wellness and an Eastern approach to um, lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. So at some point you realize that the, let's say what we're using in Western countries might not be working. And then we need different approaches to what is having a healthy lifestyle. And so how, and then you move more into, so to say alternative medicine, um, Ayurveda and yoga techniques. So how do you combine this in your day-to-day practice? Yeah, so I think I was reaching, I was looking for something that was going to help mitigate a lot of the, the stress that I was experiencing um, before I started my own business. And in that search, I um, discovered yoga. And so that led uh, to many years of study of yoga and then subsequently Ayurveda. Um, I had also been exposed to kind of Eastern philosophy, Eastern methodologies when I lived in Japan um, and worked there and I've traveled a lot extensively. So I think the way that I kind of bring those into um, my coaching and what I hope we can do as a culture is begin to balance more of the what in the past at least in the west has been more kind of like the male dominated business style that included that sense of hustle high risk uh, and eventually has led a lot of people to burnout and so now i think what we're seeing culturally speaking not just in the west but in the east as well is that there's beginning to be a little bit more of this balance where we're bringing in kind of a more collaborative um, maybe what would be called like a feminine approach to business, to success, um, to communication. And so I kind of combined my, you know, the the formal study and the frameworks from uh, an Eastern approach to wellness as well as lifestyle and bring that into my formal education and my experience with business to help women business owners begin to balance that in their own lives. So what I've seen a lot of um, with my own personal experience and obviously with my clients is that, 
you know, as women, we're, we are naturally juggling a lot of different things, um, particularly filling that hole of, of family responsibility. And when we go into having our own business, we tend to go at it from the same angle that we've, that we've learned, you know, to do, um, to fulfill our educational roles, to fulfill our family roles. Uh, we go all in mm-hmm. and we don't necessarily have the same frameworks and support systems that we had when we were in a corporate space or working for someone else. And so we go in kind of not always with the the same foundation or infrastructure in place for our own personal wellness. And we tend to um, push to a limit where we know how to do the the professional role that we're doing. Uh, Let's say you're an architect, you're an accountant, um, an attorney, et cetera you know how to do your job very well, but you may not know how to manage your business or manage yourself within the space of being the leader of that. So that's kind of where I bring this different, um, more collaborative approach uh, with a bit more depth to it that from that Eastern side of study, Mm -hmm. bring that into the the metrics-driven definition of success that we've had in the past in the West. And Kind of get women to really assess what what their metrics are and what's really important to them in terms of how they want to grow their business and how they want to live their life. Yeah, exactly. I think it's really interesting because it it we kind of see what dominates in terms of business culture and what is perceived as being business, um, mm-hmm. and as as being a business owner in a way. And and there is a lot work a lot of work to still be done in terms of achieving a, a balance and and removing that you know um more masculine way of doing Mm -hmm. business which tends to be quite different there is less communication there is more action but sometimes we might need to take a step back have more communication have more open conversations which i think women are really good (laughs) right so uh having said um if someone was to say start a business and make the transition to being an entrepreneur, how what what steps would you recommend them to take to have a smooth transition and make sure that they have all the necessary systems in place and not end up burning out after a few months down the road? Right. Yeah, I think basically, you know, the number one thing is just really to recognize that as you move into your business and through your business that you're going to continue to have these kind of iterative cycles of your business. So you're going to have, you know, peak high stress times um, and you're going to have sort of softer times as well. And what you want to be thinking about is how to um, how to move with those cycles rather than kind of against them and feel like you're forcing yourself into that high productivity mode um, nonstop, basically. And that can be a bit scary because if it's just you that is running the business and you don't have a lot of outside support, um, you feel like you can't let up even in those, those natural down cycles. And what I would say there is to really um, look for a few different things. Number one, you need to have a, a sense of a clear vision of where you want to go. That doesn't necessarily mean that you know, you have to figure out A to Z to get there. That That's kind of difficult to do when you've never done something. 
but you need to know where you want to go and really why you want to get there. So this is kind of the underlying motivational piece that I think a lot of us, um, not just women, but men as well, we tend to, to disconnect from why we're actually doing something because we're being led by outside forces, right? Our, our culture, what's expected of us um, paying our bills is an yeah. important outside force that we need to, you know, we need to be aware of. But you want to go a little bit deeper than that and understand what it is that you value about the vision that you've created for yourself. Um, and then from there, you're really looking to have some type of support system in place. And I think this is where from the Western side, we get so um, acculturated to feeling that we have to do it all independently or that we should be able to figure it all out ourselves. Uh, and we don't necessarily lean into some of the support systems or relationships that we already have, or we don't seek out those new relationships for the new growth path that we're on. So when you're on that entrepreneurial growth path, um, you want to seek out other entrepreneurs and in particular other female entrepreneurs because they have dealt with some of the things that you're going to be dealing with. And yeah, yeah. we learn, yeah, we learn so much from each other, um, especially women, just as you were mentioning, you know, bringing more of that communication piece in that is really vital to our mental wellness and to our um, sense of motivation as we go through these ups and downs of being an entrepreneur. So I think those are kind of the, the initial spaces that you want to look at where you want to go, what's your vision. Um, why do you want to get there? Why is it important to you? And what are the values that underlie um, that mission or that vision? And then who can help you stay on your path, right? So a lot of times we look for who can help me grow my business. Um, but we also want to be looking for what are those relationships that can really help me think differently uh, so that I'll then act differently and how might I sabotage myself? And this is one that you'll hear a lot of coaches talk about because, you know, we can all have that vision of where we want to go and we can lay out what we think will be the steps to get there. But one of the best ways to um, overcome setbacks is to actually anticipate some of them. We're not going to be able to anticipate all of them. But if we can anticipate some of our own behaviors and patterns where we have distracted ourselves in the past or sabotaged ourselves in the past, and we can start to learn to cultivate um, better ways of managing our productivity, our mindset, our wellness, that's going to help us be a better leader of ourselves and then therefore a better leader of our business when we you know, face those inevitable roadblocks that are going to be. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's, and it's been proven by a lot of research study, like the power of community and having someone who can keep you accountable in a way. So having this group of people that not only support you and give you advice at some point where you're hitting a roadblock, but also it's important to have someone who can, you know, support and help you in other ways, right? Mm -hmm. So this is, this is really interesting. And I think just to summarize what you've just said, it's really important to build this community and not, you know, working alone but also at the same time being able to create a lifestyle that have, helps you you know support your business and, and grow it without um yeah without 
getting into a situation where you cannot handle it anymore or you don't have the support system in place that allows you to continue growing. Right. Uh, all right. So, um, this, so these are also some of the challenges that, that, you know, might, let's say, stop someone or prevent someone from, from starting a business. What are some common challenges that you have seen in women um, when they start a business besides what we've just discussed in terms of like not having a network or a community or, or uh, not having a system in place that allows them to grow the business? Yeah, I think um, I'm trying to think it. Most of the clients that I work with have an established business and they sort of hit a breaking point. Um, I did recently work with a client who was just transitioning out of many years at a high level in um, a corporate space, Fortune 500 type company. Um, and she was doing a startup as well as, um, or she was a partner in a startup as well as having her own independent business on the side. So I think, you know, what happens is we, we have very high expectations for, for ourselves. We put a lot on our plates and it's kind of like, I'm, I'm just, I work in analogies. And so in my mind, I'm sort of seeing that picture of an actual plate that, you know, I don't know if you've seen some nutritionist memes or whatnot of, you know, half of the plate is green and you're eating fruits and vegetables <laughs> and a quarter of the plate is protein and a quarter of the plate is carbs. Um, and I think as starting entrepreneurs, we don't necessarily know or think in terms of what that plate should look like. Um, and our expectations of the plate are more like a supersized version of the plate. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. um, we're, we're putting a lot more on ourselves without putting the systems in place to support that. So in other words, when you have, again, this comes back to kind of your vision, but then being able to break that vision down into milestones and new habits and behaviors that are going to get you to those milestones. I think that's where we, um, we have more of a gray area. So we might know why we're going into business. We might know where we want to go. Um, and those expectations of where we want to go, we want them to happen, you know, within a year. When in reality, maybe we should be looking a little bit more long term for those to come to fruition. And we also need to be looking for um, what are those potential setbacks that I'm going to face and how am I going to deal with those, not just from a financial and business perspective, but how am I going to deal with those physically, mentally and emotionally? And that's where we lose um, that wellness system. Like we focus so much on what our business model is, but we don't necessarily build in the time uh, and the habits to keep us recharged and refreshed mentally and physically. And if we don't have our health, we're not going to be able. And so that's a place where I think there's kind of a, a weakness going in. And it's not to say that you shouldn't, you know, expect to put in a lot of effort up front in your business. Um, but there's got to be this organic and, and continual sense of creating some balance there, because if you just go full steam ahead and, you know, you're constantly pushing against things and not replenishing yourself, you're, you're going to suffer personally and your business is going to suffer. So I think it's about having that vision 
having high expectations, but then turning those expectations into realistic systems where you can actually maintain your health and your productivity in terms of taking the actions that are going to move your business forward. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I think it's also a, a concept that we need to work more on. We under, tend to underestimate what it can be achieved over the long term and overestimate what we can achieve in in the short term. Right. So I think all that mindset we need to to shift it and understand that things take time and we need to mm -hmm. put the right system in place otherwise we just make sure that we're gonna you know suffer in a few months time and and burn out or you know just just give up because again we have forgotten of an important part of the plate which is having a balanced lifestyle mm -hmm. so what would be according to you and your uh those ingredients that we need to make sure that they are on the plate and they are in the right, let's say, portion. Okay, great. Love this analogy, of course. <laughs> so um, in terms of ingredients, uh, maybe we should, should consider like the steps or the actions. I think there are kind of three phases that we might want to look at on that plate. So we want to look at um, clarity. And this would be our, you know, phase one, you're going to get really clear about what it is that you want, what's your vision, not just for your business, but for your life, uh, and what are the values that support that vision. And then we're going to go into phase two, which is simplification. And, and if I were thinking about that grid, again, like half of the plate is vegetables and fruits, I would say that half of your grid is pretty much simplification because um, again, this is where like we have to take those big expectations, the supersize <laughs> version, and we have to streamline them um, and start to understand what is really going to move us forward. And that's where we have to create better boundaries with our time, better boundaries in our relationships, et cetera. And then that third piece after we've kind of simplified into systems um, is aligned growth or implementation where we are continuing to look at whatever system we've created for ourselves, we're refining it, we're assessing like what worked and what didn't work. Um, and we're, we are adjusting that strategy as we go. And that's sort of the organic part of balance, where I think a lot of times in, you know, and this is why a lot of people say like, I don't believe in balance is the reason I think we say that is because we're looking at this term of work-life balance as a fixed point in time. And I don't believe it is. And I think most people don't intuitively believe that there's this fixed point in time where you have perfect work-life balance. I see it more instead of being a noun as like reaching this place called balance, it's more of a verb. And so it's constantly this action that we're doing um, to work into more balance. And so if we think about that plate that we have in those three um, pieces of the, of the pie, we are kind of constantly, uh, those are sort of expanding and contracting constantly. So again, we're gonna have clarity is gonna be about a fourth of it. We need to get clear, that's our first step. The, the part that's sort of half of that plate is the simplification where we're taking that vision, we're simplifying it into systems, we're learning how, and this is kind of what I do in my, my program with my clients, is I teach them how to change their habits and behaviors 
uh, through behavioral science and through their personal style of motivation. And then we also look at some of those Eastern elements that I've studied, you know, in terms of personality, body type, um, that kind of thing that brings in a little bit more of the, the sense of Ayurveda and mitigating some of the stress that you're dealing with, with um, tools like breathing, mindfulness, meditation. And then that last fourth is going to be the, the aligned growth, which is where you have to come back and say, okay, do I feel in integrity with my vision? Do I feel in integrity with my values? Um, if I don't, what are the actions, like what are the daily habits that I'm doing that are either disconnecting me from that or are bringing me back and, and supporting me in a deeper connection to what I want my life to be and represent and how I want to impact um, I, through my business and my work. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's a long-winded answer. Does it, can you see no. that? I can see it. <laughs> I can see the pieces and I think it's very okay. valuable and very clear to understand the steps and how it it ends up all being, you know, having this holistic view of there are different pieces that we need to put together. Again, they are not static and once we need to adjust them over time. So it's mm -hmm. work in progress. I think we are in work in progress all the time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, the system that I teach is a 90-day system. So I really think, you know, in terms of goal setting and moving yourself forward and in business, this is again kind of where the Western metric gets applied but we think in terms of quarterly results in western business and so if we can kind of apply our systems to each quarter or every 90 days depending on where you're starting um then i think you you have you can set realistic goals for about three months and beyond that there are circumstances that we can't control for those longer term goals um, so it's important to have that longer term vision but what we can actually have influence on and make a bigger impact on is the short term and being more present with how we're going to change our behavior. Yeah, yeah. And more proactive to working towards that balanced mm -hmm. lives. Um, so say we have started working together, we're starting setting up the systems, uh, but there are certain situations that might prevent someone from, you know, having the system in place, say not setting the right boundaries, um, not focusing on the right activities. So these are a bit the distractions you might have dealt also in the past with clients. So how can women overcome this? Uh, because some of them, especially on the boundary side, I understand that might be something that we as women might be at fault of doing this, uh, getting into, into this kind of issues and not recognizing how to put the right boundaries in place. So mm -hmm. how can we acknowledge, create a more awareness, but also not stop it, but prevent from happening in again, again and again, right? A great question. And I think it, again, comes back to that support, supportive community that you put yourself in. Um, what I've seen within my clients, for example, I had one woman who uh, she, her boundaries around uh, her responsibilities to her family and her responsibilities to her business were very blurred. So the time, you know, and, and just to, in practical terms, it was like, well, I have to get the kids to school. When I come back from dropping them to school, I have to clean up. Then I sit down to work and then I'm doing the laundry while I'm working. Um, and then, you know, I take another call or I have a meeting and I've got to sweep the floor. And so 
it was really like her, she didn't have um, time boundaries or containers around her focus for being present with her family or being present with her business. And so I think the way that you become more aware of that and begin to understand what it is about your own upbringing and your own beliefs that's influencing that is literally you talk it through in a community of other women who it can say like, hey, I've experienced that too. And here's what I did. And so what happened for this particular client is we did have those discussions and she started to be more comfortable with the idea that she didn't have to do it all. Uh, and so when we got her more comfortable with that, it, you know, her growing edge and her um, action step was to hire a housekeeper. And it doesn't, when we say it, it doesn't sound like any revelation, right? It's like, oh, okay, you need, you know, you're spending a lot of time taking care of the day-to-day the -day running of your household, um, bring someone else in to support that. But we also have a lot of underlying beliefs uh, culturally and from our own personal um, you know, family experiences, a lot of times that blocks taking that action because we believe we should be the one doing that for our families. Uh, and I think that the pressure there, the cultural pressure is a bit more ingrained for women to take ownership of that role than it necessarily is for men. And then also just the ways that our brains work in relationships to our family and our responsibilities. So with this particular client, she was able to, to see that she was able to take that action. And when she experienced the freedom of not having to sweep the floor, of getting her kids involved in um, the running and maintenance of the household, it was like, wow, you know, it just took such a weight off of her. And she was able to, we really structured her schedule, right? Like this is when you transition from family time to work time that, you know, and this is when the end of your work day is. And previously she'd been working all day long, right? All the way up until 11 p.m., she felt like that was like a good time for her to work because her kids were already asleep. And this is, I think, a very common thing. I don't, I don't think it's, you know, anything unusual. And so her bringing that to, to the table, it was like, hey, you know, a lot of moms deal with this challenge. Here are some ways you can look at it differently. Um, and we also might want to look at what is your vision of, you know, being a great mom? What does that include? And what are the values and how can you extend and act on those values without um, sacrificing your health and without sacrificing your business, the focus on your business? And so, again, like we have to play around with these things and we have to play around with that person's individual circumstances to figure out what solutions are going to support them the best. Yeah, yeah, I think there is a lot of uh, pressure on what, especially when it comes to women with kids there's a lot of pressure on what your kids you should be a mom or what society tells you how you should grow up your kids so we feel guilty if something doesn't go as is expected from us and and that creates and gets us into a circle of you know um overworking overdoing but also not realizing that we might need some space right yeah so 
boundaries is one of of the things, but also is focusing on on the right activities and saying no to what we shouldn't be focusing on. So mm -hmm. how can we avoid also getting? And again, it might be a boundary that mm -hmm. we need to set up and focus on the right things instead of focusing on doing activities that might not be productive or help us grow in the both short and long term. Yeah. So when it comes to, to setting boundaries, we have to go back again to that, uh, those three phases and, and the plate that we were talking about. And so the first one is really clarifying where do you need better boundaries? What is not working currently? Uh, and what type of boundary do you need to put in place? And so again, if we come back to the example of, of my client who didn't really have these time boundaries around her work and her um, family life, uh, and she realized that she needed it. So we could say like, okay, you know, from 9.30 a.m. to 3.30 p.m., that is your focused work time. And it's great to say that, but then we have to go to phase two, simplification, right? So we have to, within that, um, within holding that boundary for her work, who needs to know about it? It's not just her. She needs to communicate with her clients. She needs to communicate with her family that these are her work hours. This is when she accepts meetings. This is when she goes offsite. Um, she was an architect. So, you know, being able to, for her to to not just accept uh, a client's request to meet at any time of the day, right? And that, again, is hard. And I think, again, the cultural pressure for women is there is more emphasis for us to be pleasers, right, to, to accommodate. Um, and so we have to work on mindset and we have to work on boundaries and the way we think about things. But there's a communication piece there that we forget again, because I think we default to, I should be able to do this myself, the independent approach rather than the collaborative approach or more of that Eastern kind of group thing where you have the support of a system, a group of people who are all kind of playing by a similar set of rules. So when you're trying to create those boundaries um, and you're trying to simplify your systems, you have to communicate. And you have to have that clarity to know what it is you want to communicate. And then the, then we go to that third step, the aligned growth piece, which is um, putting it on repeat and autoplay because we're not going to come out of the gate with the perfect system and the perfect way of communicating. Um, and for example, you know, in, in this woman's situation, she needed to communicate with her children and her partner of what she needed um, and her husband was totally on board with her getting support and her kids were actually excited to help with some of the daily chores. So it's kind of, it's that approach that you take to it. It's being clear with what you want and then it's really um, communicating consistently because everyone's gonna forget. Like you can say, hey, my work hours are from 9.30 to 3.30, but something's gonna come up. A kid's gonna get sick or, a client's going to get sick and have to reschedule something. So there's a give and take in terms of setting your boundaries that um, you, as we've seen with COVID, I think we've all learned. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you cannot be too rigid. Mm -hmm. um, 
with your boundaries, but you need to keep the communication flowing so that when a boundary is brief, both parties understand why and the next go round can be a reinforcement of what the the initial vision is for that thing. So yeah, yeah. And I think it's it, it is very important to have these boundaries, but also we're having the right focus. We're not spending time on unnecessary things, unnecessary tasks. And then and mm-hmm. again, we go back to the same principles, simplifying and and you know bringing and opening to that channel of communication for everyone to uh, have the right expectations from what we can achieve, what we can do, what we cannot do, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think this is really useful to tap into what your boundaries are, how to set the right boundaries, how to set your value systems. How can we continue supporting women to to be successful? Um, and I think you have some masterclass that you that you're going to share with us. Yeah, I do. I have a masterclass called "Reset Your Boundaries, Reclaim Your Time." And in that um, masterclass, basically, I teach you a five-step framework uh, specifically for business owners to reclaim five hours of their time each week. And really with the emphasis on reclaiming that time um, guilt-free, right? So again, it's that, that constant pull that we face of feeling bad for saying no. So we address that in the masterclass. Uh, and I'm sure we'll have a link in the show notes, but if you want to go ahead and register for that, uh, it's at my, my website domain is S like smile, sbrookbailey.com and then forward slash masterclass dash registration. Uh, and you'll be able to, to get that free video masterclass. It's less than 40 minutes and um, going through that, I think will help you begin to you know, do that, that process that we just discussed, really clarify what it is you need, simplify it, think about how you're going to communicate it, and then um, put that on an iterative uh, cycle where you're, you're aligning yourself with that again and again, and you're aligning the, the relationships around that um, boundary again. And again. Great, great. So for the audience listening to this podcast, we are going to share all these links in the description of the video and you will be able to register to this masterclass. So thank you Ruth, for sharing this with us as well. Um, lastly, and before wrapping up, uh, what are some takeaways that you would like to share with um, or insights that you'd like to share with a woman that is about to start her entrepreneurial journey? just as to, you know, have uh, the, take the right steps into the right direction. Yeah, I think um, what I would share is, you know, keep your excitement and your enthusiasm. It is going to be one of the most challenging things that you do, and it's going to build your self-awareness in ways that you may not um, be aware of right now. So if possible, find some type of a group that you can be a part of and get support from. Uh, and that a group that you feel like is going to help you grow, right? So we need to put these simple practices in place um, to enable ourselves to rest and refocus so that we can have that ongoing sense of balance in our lives. And if you don't feel like you know what those practices are for you, um, in most cases, I think women have a sense of what they need to do, but it's taking the action to actually do it consistently where they, that falls away. Because 
again, the business will take priority. The family will take priority. So you really want to try to get yourself into a space where you are consistently addressing that for yourself. You have a space to communicate what's working and what's not. And then you have someone there, a guide um, who is giving you some constructive uh, advice and support based on your personality, your unique circumstances to move forward. Uh, and the best way that I know to do that is to find the right coach. And you really have to find the one that fits for you in terms of um, the group environment and the, the personality and what you're looking to, what strengths you're looking to bring forward. Yeah, great, great. Thank you. Thank you for sharing your insights. So um, if people want to reach out to you besides the website, where can people follow you or start a, start a chat with you? Uh, LinkedIn is a great place to chat with me. I'm on there quite a bit. Uh, and again, all of my handles use my first initial S like smile. So um, LinkedIn forward slash S Brooke Bailey and uh, Brooke has an E on the end. But yes, you can... Um, communicate with me there. I'm also on Instagram at Esbrook Bailey and on Facebook as well. Um, I do have a private Facebook group called Habits to Thrive. If you're interested in just, you know, popping in there to be able to, if you like that space and you like to be able to ask questions about your daily routines and habits, that's a good place as well. And then of course my website, if you want to know, you know, uh, the ins and outs and lots of articles and tips that I've given over the years. Um, that's at esbrookbailey.com. And there is a good bit of information there um, on Ayurveda, on the Ayurveda clock, circadian rhythm, um, the wellness side of supporting your business. There's a, there are a lot of resources there for that. Great, great. We're going to share again all these links into the description and you will be able to reach out to, people will be able to reach out to you. Um, and I'd like, before finishing, I'd like to uh, thank you for, for joining us today. And I'm sure that the audience will walk away with actionable and tangible things that they can apply from tomorrow onwards. Um, and I'm looking forward to collaborating with you in a future episode. And for the audience out there, don't forget to like our link, uh, to like and share this video and also register to, to Brooks Masterclass. Thank you. Thanks so much. It's great to have this conversation.